Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you are watching this broadcast, uh, this is Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. I want to take this opportunity and welcome you to today's broadcast, and I want to thank you sincerely for joining us. Can you please do me a favor? If you are watching, invite other people to join us. Go ahead and share it as well. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, I encourage you to do so. In addition to these 52 days of looking at 52 strategies that will position every immigrant to excel, to prosper, to succeed, no matter where they are, there is other great content that is going to be coming your way. I'm a student of success. I believe in developing the potential that is in each and every one of us. And I look forward to helping you reach your full potential. I'd like to start by making a few disclaimers. I'm not running for public office. I don't represent any political party. What I'm sharing with you is based upon the experiences of other people and my own experiences. You are going to make your own mistakes. That is fine. However, it's not being smart. When you make mistakes other people have already made. Part of the main trust of putting this resource together and having this conversation is to help you avoid making the same mistakes others have already made. If you can avoid the mistakes others have made, you are going to move faster. I did not say you, are, you can completely avoid making mistakes. However, there's no point in repeating the wheel. Today, we are going to be looking at a very touchy subject because of the cultural overtones that is associated with it. If you don't listen carefully, you may misunderstand me. I want you to listen very, very closely and carefully. And if you are listening via the IEM podcast and you have any questions, 
you need a one-on-one time with me, call 214-908-3963. If you rather email me, the email is eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com, eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com. And to you who is watching right now or listening, it's not possible for me to interact with you directly. If you have any questions, if you have any contribution to make, you can use the chat window to put in your questions or your concerns. If you have any comments you want to make, you can go ahead and put them in the comment section as well. I'm sorry I can't communicate to you directly right now, but if you, can, if you want to call or send an email, I promise you I'm going to respond to it. We are going to be touching a touchy subject today. That has to do with your host family. This may not apply to everybody because not every immigrant moves in with other people before they settle down. But the majority of immigrants use a host family. The host family is defined uh, the person that provides accommodation for you as you transition to become integrated in the new country that you move into. This may be a family friend. It may be a relative. It may be a brother, an aunt, a parent, a sibling, you name it. And what prompted me to include this chapter in the book and to talk about this is because of the many stories out there of siblings falling apart, siblings who are no longer talking to each other, parents and children who are falling apart, aunts, uncles who are falling apart, friends who no longer talk to each other. They started on a very good note. They were excited. However, when they stayed together, things went south. The blame is on both parties. These unfortunate outcomes must, should, can be avoided. And I hope by the time we are done with this conversation, you have some tools on how to proceed if you decide to host somebody or when you're migrating, you decide to stay with somebody temporarily before you move into your own place. There's no point in ending up 
having enmity with your family members, enmity with your friends, when all they wanted to do was to help and you needed help. As I said, it's going to be very important to listen closely. There is a story in the book about somebody who won the DV lottery. And this person was having difficulties coming up with the money that was required to buy the air ticket and fulfill the requirements to move to the US. A family opted to help this person and they bought the air ticket and did everything and this person moved over and started living with them. But there weren't any clear cut agreement on, on what expectations were. And this person lived with them for over a year. And the family that brought this particular person over decided to use her services without uh, any compensation. And uh, this person became somehow uncomfortable along the line because the host family didn't allow her to get a green card, to get um, social security number and all the other things that she needed to gain her independence. And this person was just working day in, day out. The person reached out and asked for help and the information filtered to us and we intervened. Unfortunately, we had somebody in the same city that this person was and we were able to get this particular individual out of that uh, precarious situation. This is something that could have been avoided if both parties understood what they were getting into. I stayed with my own uh, younger brother who came into the country when he, was, he also won the DV lottery. And along the line, we had issues and separated without being in good terms. And this is something that could have been avoided as well. And that is why I want us to listen very carefully what is supposed to be done. Some of what I'm going to suggest it may sound like a taboo because of the culture that you're coming from. We like to make assumptions and just tell ourselves, oh, it's my brother, it's my aunt, it's my uncle, it's my cousin, come over. Let's just stay together. Things are going to work out. Really? If you decide to wing it, if you don't have a strategy, if you don't have a plan, it's going to backfire. It's backfired a lot. You hear those who went the extra mile to buy the air ticket, 
bring a person into the country, house them, provide accommodation, provide food, and many other, many other um, resources to, to support them. Uh, you hear them lament that they did all this and the recipient was not appreciative enough. The issue is this. You, who is bringing somebody to live with you? What is your expectation? What is your communication? What timelines, what boundaries have you set? In so much as you have your own thoughts and ideas of what you expect from this person, it does not mean that the other person is not also having their own thoughts, their own ideas, and the direction they want to go. That is why it becomes very crucial that before the two of you, it doesn't matter who the person is, start staying together before you accept that you're going to host them. You have to hammer out, not just verbally. You have to write down what your expectations are, what the timeline is, so that you can use that document. Yes, I say the document to hash out whatever difficulties will arise. Because it's very easy for the other person to tell you, I did not know that this is what your expectations were. You might have said them and they didn't hear. And that is why it's good to write it down, spell it out very clearly. We are going to stay for X number of months. If it's a year, it's written down. We'll stay for one year. And these are the milestones that we are going to go through so that when the time comes for you to leave, this is what has to happen. You cannot decide to stay without a clear-cut agenda on when you are going to separate. Most, most host families and their host have been ripped apart because there was no exit plan. They were excited initially to live together, but there wasn't any exit plan in place. And I want to encourage you that you must put an exit plan, an exit plan in place so that it's going to help guide you when that time comes for your, the person you are hosting to leave you are not going to have any problem because you agreed initially on how it was going to be done. Not too uh, very long ago, I, uh, I had to stay with a friend. And in my mind, I was thinking that we could stay for about uh, three months. That is what I thought. That was my own timeline. And uh, this friend had offered accommodation for me and my family. When we came in the first day, I told him, let's sit down and talk about what the expectations are going to be, what the timeline is going to be, how long we're going to stay, when we're going to move out and all that. 
who's going to do what? And this friend was like, no, oh, let's just, don't, don't worry about it. Let's just, let's just stay. I said, no, if we don't, we're going to run into trouble. It's good we iron out what the timeline is going to be and how things are going to be, 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 be run here. And during our conversation, this friend made me to understand that we had a month. And you can imagine what would have happened if we, we, we did not have that conversation. I was thinking three months, he was thinking a month. And we're able to transition out without any conflict, without any problem, because I honored the timeline that, that this friend had in mind. The other issue that arises is you moving with a sibling or an aunt or a friend or cousin, and now this person comes in, they are living in the United States where money runs everything. And whoever has come in is still thinking that wherever they're coming from, when you stay with your elder brother, older sisters, they take care of everything. And in their mind, it's sacrilege. If you dare mention that when they start making money, they can contribute in running the house. And at times, some of the hosts are very uncomfortable even bringing up this conversation because they think that taking care of all the bills is a good thing. Unfortunately, what you're doing is setting up maybe a younger brother or a younger sister for failure because they'll be living out of their means. They're living with you, you're paying for everything, and whatever money they're making, they're spending it without factoring in the other cost if they were living on their own. And that is why when the time comes for you to separate, uh, some of them run into a lot of financial difficulties because they had not learned how to manage their money. This may be controversial. However, if you don't do it right, you're going to run into trouble. Don't stay with your siblings. Don't stay with anybody without hashing out the terms and conditions of living together. Have a timeline. In this particular chapter, I have about 10 different points that I want you to uh, look at them. You can add your own, you can modify them. It's a good place to start. If you do it, you are going to avoid having unnecessary conflicts and destroying relationship with the people that you're going to host because everybody will know what is expected of them. We transition international students and the very first day a student enters our house, we don't let them sleep without presenting to them the terms and conditions under which we have to live. And that has been very, very helpful. Everybody knows 
what is expected and they sign an indication that they are willing to comply with what the conditions are and it helps all of us stay out of trouble. I'm tired of hearing these sad stories of people staying together and ripping each other apart. Relationships are very important and when you lose them, it's not a good thing. And that's why I wanna encourage you to put in some thought when it comes to hosting people who have moved. I've given you the foundation to start on. You can improve it, take it and run with. That is going to save you a lot of headache. The advantage of having a written document, the advantage of spelling out what your expectations are and the timeline is, is that when you have a conversation, you can just pull out that document point by point and go through it and everybody is happy with what was agreed initially. And some of these conversations, if somebody is still out of the country, you need to initiate that conversation with them before they ever move in. So that if they're not comfortable with what you're telling them, they can let you know. Don't put somebody in a situation where they don't have options and they feel as if you cornered them to sign onto something they did not bargain for. If they're still out of the country and you tell them these are your expectations and they're not happy with it, they may decide to move in with some other person. Give them that option. Have that conversation. It is going to spare you a lot of headache. While this may be an uncomfortable and touchy subject, we must have it if we want to avoid making the mistakes that others have made. You're going to be spared sleepless nights. You're going to be spared heartache. You're going to be spared disappointment and regret. If you set boundaries and expectations before you host anybody. And to the newly arrived immigrants, don't only focus on what you, you want to take out from your host. It's okay to contribute. It's okay to participate. It's okay for you to chip in. It's not a taboo. Money runs everything here. It's a different economy. If you're staying with people and you are asked to contribute towards the bills, don't be shy because staying with them means they're using more water, more electricity, this wear and tear of the building as well. You need to factor that in. There's no free lunch. And thank you for watching. If you haven't yet got a copy of this book that we are having these conversations from, strongly encourage you to grab your copy, read it alongside with us these 52 days, send in your questions, and together we're going to get to the top. You've been listening to Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them 
develop that potential and deploy it. Until next time, God bless you. Stay tuned.